New Directions for Women presents From Addiction to Recovery, Inspirational Stories of Courage. Monica Z, alcoholic, alumni at New Directions. Um, my story starts off uh, as a teenager, um, experimenting with drugs, um, alcohol, um, what the cool kids did. Never felt like I fit in. Um, so the first time I got drunk, I, all the kids liked me. So I just kept going. Um, tried meth for the first time at 15, 14. Um, then uh, well, I went away to college, kept using there. Um, I, was, I was a functioning addict. I, I got a job, I, I had a college degree. You know, I wasn't, um, I really was, I thought I was a good functioning addict, you know, like I had money, I had a house, I had a car. And then, um, and then of course it got progressively worse and um, I couldn't get high anymore. So I tried new things, tried different ways of getting high and um, quickly found myself losing everything. I literally started um, shooting heroin and the next day I lost my car, my house, everything. My family wouldn't talk to me. Um, it got bad real quick. And um, I wanna blame it on heroin, but I, I can't blame it on heroin. It was everything collaborated um, that made me and I quickly lost my family and my friends um, till I was literally by myself shooting dope behind a garbage can. Um, that's where, that's where my, my addiction took me. It took me to the depths of hell in any, any sense. Um, I, had no, I had no hope for a future. I had no hope to get clean. I had no hope to get sober. I thought this was my life and I accepted the fact that I was a drug addict and it would kill me. I thought AA was a joke. I thought everybody in there was lying. There's no way they could be sober. And so uh, on uh, May, May 3rd, um, I was, you know, everybody says like, I, I would never do that. I would never do this. I would never do that. I did all thy nevers. I was selling my body. I was stealing um, from Jack to pay Paul. And um, I got picked up by a man and he beat me up and brutally raped me. And I was sitting in the hospital and um, I was like, aren't you guys gonna stop me from bleeding? Like, what are you guys doing to the nurse? And she's like, well, the cops are coming. And I jumped out of bed, almost bleeding to death. Why are you calling the cops? I have petty theft warrants. Like, how could you do that to me? And I quickly realized then that like something was wrong. Like I was afraid of charging this man with what he did to me, which was horrible because I had a warrant for theft. And that's when I had my like, oh, like something's gotta change. This is ridiculous. I was walking down the street, like I just wanted to die. I couldn't believe this was my life. Like I knew I was smart, I was pretty like, and yet I was accepting this for my fate. Like I was accepting it. And like, I just couldn't get over the fact that like letting my mom bury an addict, a junkie. Like, what are they gonna say about me? Well, she was cool, but now she, you know, just died behind a garbage can. My mom was waiting for the mortuary to call. Um, every time an ambulance would come by, she would think it was me. My parents actually moved three hours away from me because they couldn't say no to me anymore. And on Christmas Eve, 2013, my parents uh, closed the door in my face on Christmas Eve and told me not to come back. So um, we were pretty distant and I called my mom that night at the hospital. And I asked, I, I don't know that I asked for help. I just cried to her like I can't do this anymore. I hadn't spoken to her six months, hadn't seen my dad in years. And um, I don't know if it was the desperation in my voice or like what it was, but the next day she agreed to meet me for lunch. And um, when she got there, I, she called me and said, come outside. And I said, oh, I'm inside eating because that's what I would do. I'd call my mom, was hungry, broke, cold, and didn't have anywhere to sleep. Luckily, I had um, fixed that morning, so I was able to go meet her because a lot of times I didn't go meet her because I couldn't find any drugs. And um, walked outside, and my, my mom got the passenger side. And I kind of knew that was it. Like, I wasn't going back to the streets, like, say goodbye. 
my dad has a way with me. And it's not that he's ever been able to stop me before, but I think I was so desperate that I was willing to take anybody's advice. You know what I mean? Like it just, you get to that point where you're like, you can't do it anymore. You don't know how you're gonna continue. Like literally I didn't know how I was gonna make it till tomorrow and, and keep breathing. Cause I kept doing shots to off myself. Like I wouldn't, didn't want to die, but I pretty much did, was dying. My dad looked at me, he said, you look like shit. And he said, you have two options. You can either go back to the streets and stop calling us. We don't want anything to do with you anymore. Or you can go to treatment. And of course, me being the addict, I had to think about it. Like, let me have a cigarette and think about it. But I ended up going. Um, <clears throat> I told my dad I would check myself into jail because um, I couldn't detox in, in treatment. I didn't believe it was possible. I could do it in jail, even though I've gotten high in jail. But like, for some reason, I thought. So the next morning, my parents took me to jail. They got me a hotel room. They wouldn't even let me stay at their house. I stayed in a hotel five minutes away from my parents' house. That's how bad it had gotten. And um, I went to turn myself in and I looked at my mom and I said, they're gonna release me in 24 hours. You guys are gonna go home. I'm gonna go right back out. And she said, no, we can't do that. So I'm thinking in my head, okay, I can go to Lakeside Millium, which is like in Tacoma. It's right down the street from where I kick it. If I wanna leave, I can leave, right? No, it didn't work out that way. God had a different plan. So we go in there and I'll never forget. It was like, it was yesterday. I was dope sick. Uh, I, I just hated the world. I was screaming at my dad, like for whatever reason, what he did wrong. He's trying to help me and I'm screaming at him. I'm like, I'm dope sick, help me. Um, and uh, my dad put a credit card on the table and said, my daughter's gonna change her mind. And so quickly I went off to Kirkland, Washington. I did 30 days of treatment there. Um, and I, li I literally was only doing it to go into getting good with my parents. They can give me some money, give me a place to live. Like I'll get clean for you for 30 days. That'll be really good when I take that first hit. You know, cause I did not believe that you could stay sober. Day 26, I got into Oxford Housing up in Washington. On the way home from the interview, I was looking at places to cop. I called my dad and told him. I said, you know, I'm, I'm not ready. And he said, I already booked you a plane ticket. On June 2nd, I flew to Santa Ana and there was a, Victoria was standing there with a the New Direction sign, my name on it. Went in New Directions, I did 60 days there. And um, somebody stood up at a meeting and told me that they had seven years sober off heroin. And I, it still gives me chills to think about it because I didn't believe that that was possible. Like I was literally just counting the days, you know, you know when you have that countdown when you're in treatment, you have that count, oh, I have 11 days left, 10 days left, you know, that's how it was. And I don't know what, what happened, like I don't know if it was that girl speaking or um, Phil getting under my skin or people telling me like, you're not gonna make it, like we just were waiting for the phone call because you had so many days clean. And, and you know, even I was, I was meeting people to hook up with when I got out of treatment, just all kinds of bad shit, old, old behavior, you know, and, um, I, I don't want to say that I got kicked out of New Directions because I didn't. I, um, I had gotten everything that I could get from New Directions. And Phil said, like, there's nothing I can, you know. And so my dad was, my dad had flown down here to get me into sober living. And um, so he happened to be here that night at midnight when Phil decided to let me go. Phil got me into a, a detox center because they all thought I had used. I hadn't, but um, they're not gonna believe a drug addict. like. You know, I mean, I, I, I was like, I don't, I'm not even gonna say anything. You guys already know that I'm lying or that I'm gonna lie, you know? My dad gave me a $10 bill when he dropped me off at Padmore and he said, you're on your own. We're done. And somehow in that, that transition, I, I wanted sobriety. You know, like the girl speaking, um, people telling me that I, I couldn't make it, people telling me I was a lost cause, people telling me you're not worth this, you know, like the money my parents had spent, like, Something, it's like a light switch and I so wish I could flip people's switches because sometimes like it hurts in my heart. Cause I'm like, sobriety is awesome. You know, cause when that, that light switch and I started waking up in the morning and reading page 64 to 68, when I started reading acceptance and like believing in, when you turn over where you're like 
surrender this to God and like know that it's not, you cannot do it by yourself. Like you need help. Um, that's when it, that's when the miracles start happening. For me, it didn't happen until I had 118 days of treatment. You know, I, I couldn't go to 30 days of treatment and be like, okay, you're fixed, you know, go out and kill the world. Like I need a lot of, I used for 17 years. It's not going to happen overnight. And I'm still not the person I want to be, but like now in my life, um, it's amazing. I have people that call me back. I have people that care about what I say. Um, you know, I, I can, I can drive down the road and be alone and not fear that I'm going to drive into a buy some drugs, you know, like, um, when my mom flew down here, I think that was the best gift. I mean, there's lots of gifts of sobriety, but like my mom looking at me and that smile, like the, cause she's had, I mean, my parents walk in a lot of fear, obviously, like they, they're not addicts, so they don't get it. All they know is what I've shown them, which is constant relapse, constant screwing up, constant letting them down. So this, this is new. So they're just waiting for that phone call, but then that little bit of faith that they have, that little sparkle, my mom's like, you just scream like that you're doing good and like your faith, like I can't stop smiling. Like, well, there's nothing for me to frown about. And you know, my mom always told me growing up, if you have food in your belly, a roof over your head and two people that care about you, you're richer than you know. Like, and so like, I have a job now. People like, you know, rely on me to show up. Um, I have a group of sober sisters who like, would literally drop everything they were doing to come and be there for me. And they have, you know, I've had, and, and it's the biggest thing I would tell people is that you're going to want to use, you're going to want to drink. It's okay. Talk about it. Like that was my biggest fear. I wouldn't talk about wanting to get high. I never would talk about it. And so when I meet newcomers, I'm like, talk about it. Cause people need to know that you're struggling because the struggle is a strength. And every time you make it through those struggles, like every time, like I am, my mom thinks it's crazy because I've been, drugs have come across my past since I got sober. And she's like, I don't get it. Like, I've, I'm 65 and they've never crossed my path. I'm like, well, you know, you get, Marilee would tell me whatever you put out, you get back. So like, that drug addict is still very active in me. And so it still puts out that energy. So of course it's going to come past. And every time that I say no to it, I have that much more strength for the next time it comes in my path. And so, um, you know, I have seven months and it's been the seven, I'm 34 years old. It's the best seven months of my life. I can honestly say, like, I don't remember anything before 14. I don't remember sobriety because I was like a kid. But um, I really wish somebody had stopped me sooner, but I don't think that I would have. I wouldn't have listened. And now that, um, you know, I, if I don't know how to do, I don't know how to do a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Like, I call my sponsor at least three times a day. And it's not, um, this isn't, e like, putting the drug down is the easiest part of this. You know, stopping, walking away from drinks, walking away from the drugs, that's the easy part. The emotional sobriety is the hardest thing that I have because like being honest with myself and other people, making amends for shit you did wrong, like that's hard. And I like, I've always heard people, they go back out after the fourth step. Yeah, it's, it's a hard step It's to admit your wrongs and then to tell somebody else about it. Like it's hard. And um, I've done a lot of, a lot of things that I'm not proud of, but um, releasing it and talking about it it's almost, um, you get relief from it. You get kind of a, I know that um, by not doing those things anymore, I'm a better person because of that. And so I try to, um, I try to live my life like that. And um, there's a couple people out there that I'll never be able to make amends to. So I have to be a better person to maybe stop somebody else from doing things that I did. That's how I look at it. And I think, and that, you know, I always um, raise my hand in meetings because 
that that's how my life got saved like if that woman wouldn't have spoken up i don't know where i would be i don't know where i'd be if new directions hadn't done what they did you know forever in my heart like the planets aligned for my treatment like the planets aligned god knew that i did do 30 days in washington because i would have never accepted 90 days and i knew we all know i needed 90 days but like I would have never gone. I would have left because it would have been too big for me. So I did 30 days here, 60 days here, and like it all worked out because like, I mean, everything worked out for a reason. Everything I did, everything I've been through, like my parents turning their back on me. I'm 34, my mom never, ever has turned her back on me. I was on the streets doing God knows what, and she still will call me and tell me she loved me. But for those 30 days at Pat Moore, my mom didn't speak to me at all. She would not take my phone calls, nothing. I'm sure she called to make sure I was still there. I'm, I'm almost guessing, but she didn't talk to me. She was like, no, you have to do this on your own. And um, I've never had to do that. So like my parents, uh, you know, I, everything worked out and the gift of walking into places and people who saw me in treatment and didn't think I'd make it, it's worth it. Cause I, I sometimes do it for like, sometimes like if I, I just have so many people to prove wrong. Cause no, everybody I met in my path is always like, You'll never make it, you know? And I was a, I just have, I, yeah, I just wish that I had figured this out 10 years ago. But then, you know, I get to share my story with people. I live in sober living right now and I'm second oldest person in the house. And I get to show those people like, listen, if you keep doing that, you're gonna be 34 living in sober living. Not cute, right? Yes, I, that's what I need, but it's not cute. Like do this shit when you're 21, 22. So you have your whole life. I have like, I have felonies. I'll, I'll have a hard time getting an apartment, a job, anything. And like, if I can save one person from walking down that path and getting as bad, because I tell people it's not if, it's when, you know? Yeah, you might not have sold your body yet, but, but you will. You might not have gone to jail, but you will. You know, all my experiences made me, and I think that God let me walk through them so that I could help people with it. Because God, you know, God knew I could handle it. He knew I was strong enough. And I wouldn't change my past for anything because I'm like, I feel like, um, super special to be able to be a part of this program and um yeah that's all i got monica alcoholic if you or a loved one are suffering from addiction please call our caring admissions counselors today at 1-800-93-WOMEN that's 1-800-939-6636 